Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our revival-seeking youth services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. I think I want to teach a message. Uh, what should I title it? Um, the cost of love equals to blood. 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 Hallelujah. I want you to, your, your attraction to church to be based on Christ. The way you, you really love Jesus. I was, I was in church because I couldn't have enough of Jesus. I couldn't wait for church. I'm always, always on time. Because it's like I, I practically lived Psalm 1 to 2, verse 1, I think so. I was glad when they said to me, let us go. I was practically living this scripture. Let's already allow. Let's go. One more time. What's the house of the Lord? Church. So when they, when they say it's time for church, they really, yeah! I couldn't be, I couldn't wait to get to church. But if you are, we are not careful, you'll be attracted to church because of the style of worship and because of the ambience and atmosphere and the kind of people and not to Christ. And if you are not drawn to Christ, you are in crisis. You, you, it, this whole thing is about Christ. So when we are doing church, we have to keep Christ that if I be lifted I would draw all men to my side, John 12, 32. So if we lift him, he would draw people. Many churches, uh, church meetings have been organized to attract people. But that's the wrong way forward. We should organize our meetings to attract the spirit. When the spirit comes, people will look for him. So some of you, what makes you keep coming to church, which some of your old friends and some family members don't understand? What is it? Christ, Christ is it. <laughs> you have tested Christ, and no one can take it from you. Apart from you taking it from yourself. The Bible says, Oh, test and see that the Lord is really good. Psalm 34, verse 7 and 8. Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Hmm. You know, some people look down on you the way you are pursuing God because they have not tasted God. Wow. If they have tasted God, they might even do it more than you. So don't let someone who has not tasted what you have tasted look down on you. What, what are we looking for in church? Christ. Christ. I want to say Christ. So, there are ways of doing things and growing in the Lord. Church is about discipleship. Church is about fellowship. Church is about accountability. Church is about brotherly love. There's a difference between brotherly love and romantic love. Some of you, 
You are, you are starving for romantic love. Why? Because you are lustful. Anytime you feel, oh, I just need somebody in my life. Satan has taken a significant, important seat in your heart. And I just, last, last is controlling you. Sometimes you feel it, but you just ignore it and focus on what's important. Right? The cost of love. Thank you, Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If God wants to save us, why did Jesus have to die so brutally? In what way? Why? 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 Must he go through all that? Why? And if you've seen some of the movies that try to depict the death of Christ, none of it has been able to depict it accurately. Because what he went through was worse than what you can depict. He went through the worst any human being can go through. But why, why does that have to be for me to be saved? Is God so bloodthirsty that just to say, I forgive you, he has to shed blood in a very gruesome, cruel way? Bible says to Adam, said, God said to Adam and Eve, the day you eat this, you will die, right? And when they ate it, did they die? No. It didn't die. Rather, God made skin to cover them when they saw they were naked and ashamed. God was coming and they were hiding. Adam, why are you hiding? Have you eaten what I said you should eat? Yes. It's the woman. Woman, why did you do that? It's a serpent. Serpent, I curse you. And then God said, because you have done this, curse is the ground. He didn't curse Adam. He cursed the ground. He said, curse is the ground for your sake. Okay, so Adam sinned. And God said, the day you sin, you will die. But they didn't die immediately. They died by disconnection from God, spiritually. And then they started going down the spiritual decline. Then the next one was they started operating from their soul instead of their spirit. So when God told Cain and Abel, bring me offering, Cain brought an offering based on his soul. He thinks God should need He was thinking what God should want instead of obeying his spirit. So we began to operate from the soul. And then we went further degradation in our souls and then degradation in our bodies. They started sinning so much. So God said, let me wipe out everybody and save Noah. But if God has wiped out everybody, including Noah, we wouldn't have been here. And it would look like God failed in his plan. He created man, but he hasn't achieved it. He are now destroying them. But you see, so even when man fell, it's like Adam said, hey, so the devil said, hey, you failed. God said, no, I haven't failed. I have a plan. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away. He said, he was slain from the foundation of the... So before the foundation of the world, before the world was made, the Lamb had been already slain. So before Adam came, there was a Lamb that has been slain. Before Adam sinned, Christ has been slain. 
in the eternity past. So when Christ came to live a human life, he just came to activate what has already been done. That's why when Peter said, you can't go and die, he said, get behind me, Satan. I came to do the will of the Father. Well, so, the Bible says the wages of sin. What's the wages of sin? So, sin has paycheck. Tell somebody, sin has a paycheck. And it doesn't fail. It will come. Whoever is sinning, pay is coming. No one knows. Your pay will show. Nobody knows I'm doing that. Nobody knows I'm doing that. No problem. Yes. Because sin pays. And it's the wages of sin is death. It has wages. And you would, something would die until you actually die. So if you're a Christian and you are sinning, something is dying in you. Your, your breakthroughs, your blessings are dying. Something is dying. So, so the wages of sin is death. So number one, we need to deal with the someone must die because somebody has sinned. So before for God to overlook sin, it must punish sin. Because a judge cannot remain just if he doesn't punish wrongdoing, right? So if God is a just God, then he has to punish sin. So those who say, but God is love, God is love, just tell them God is also holy and is just. In fact, the book of Acts, I always say this. The, the, the concentration of preaching in the body of Christ from its inception were all in Acts. When the church was born, the preaching, after Jesus left, preaching, 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 Acts. When you check the book of Acts, nobody preached about the love of God. No, it wasn't, it was, the love of God was not a preaching topic in the early church. Now it's become the center of American preaching. God loves you the way you are. God loves you. God is so, that's why someone will say, but if God is love, why would he send people to hell? Because of the overemphasis and misrepresentation of the love of God, somebody thinks that you can continue to mess up and God should understand because it is love. Depends on how you define love. But let's assume that even your definition of love is right. But have you forgotten that God is also a God of justice? What's the point of putting road, um, highway code in place? If, okay, if I'm, I'm, we drive on the left or the right? Left. Okay, so we drive on the left side. <laughs> and we stay on the right side in the car. All right. So, right hand drive, let we drive on the left, right? Okay. If you choose that you've just been to Nigeria and everybody was driving on the right, but you don't see the point, you also drive on the right. You know, you cause commotion. And the police have to get involved. And if you don't change, you have to go to prison. But here's someone who is driving anywhere, hitting people's car, and then police chasing him, doing, uh, uh, running, uh, speeding, police after, stop, stop, won't stop. And a police officer comes, hits the police officer. No, when they get the person, they take the person to court, and the judge said, no, I have love. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I have love. <laughs> I have love, so you can go. <laughs> Will you awake? Would that judge be righteous? Even if that judge is his wife or her husband or her best child, he still has to do justice. Other than that, he's not a righteous judge. What's the point in setting laws if you will not punish offenders, those who break the law? They don't have to set the law because if people break it and there's no punishment, then there shouldn't be any law. So if God is a God of justice and he has laws, why would he give command and you break the command, which, which if you break, he won't say anything? He ha- because he's, he has to, he's righteous and he's just, he has to make sure that evildoers will be punished. Look at somebody and tell the person, evildoers will be punished. I think let's take it further. Not tell them, not only evildoers, but evil thinkers will also be punished. <laughs> evil thinkers. <laughs> what did you say? A lot of punishments. That's why we need Jesus. Evil thinkers. So, God punishes evil. In the book of Acts, there's never a place we said that they were preaching and they said that God so loved the world. No. The preacher said, God loves you. God loves you. Give your life to Jesus and come because God loves you. No. They preached. Repent and turn from your sins. Repent for the remission of sins. Repent and be baptized. That's the, they preach repentance. Repentance. Change your ways. Because you are heading the wrong direction. So God says that, okay, someone who has sinned in their past, if you change, what happens? If you come to Jesus, what happens? Then Jesus' blood or his punishment on the cross covers you. Then God can say, all right, I release you. You are free. Why? Because if you are a judge and you don't punish sin, or you don't punish wrongdoing. You are, not a, you are a quack judge. So how can God let you off the hook when you are a wrongdoer and still remain a righteous judge? Unless he has grounds, basis. It's like you are owing the bank money and they come to seize or clamp your car. Take, you, are, you are not paying the car and they are coming to re- repossess the car. And then they, they, have to, they said he has to go to the court. And when he gets to the court, the judge said, well, I can't do much. Take, take your car and drive back. Why should he take He owes us. You have to seize the car. No, no. There's some, who should pay? Uh, my son just told me they paid that. Check your account. They paid it. So you are making noise about the car, but it's been paid. That's why the judge can say, let go. Because he has information about the payment. So it the judge, and see, he will still remain just. He's the, so people who don't know about the back-end dealings and payment, they will say, no, these judges, why is the judge? So they find, oh, judge. Oh, you're a very good judge. Because there's a, there's a reason why the guy can go. In fact, the judge will remain bad if he keeps you under punishment. Because it has been paid already. So in Romans chapter 3, the Bible talks about that. God will be just and the justifier of those who put their faith in Jesus. So, in fact, in Romans chapter um, 
That's 3 verse 25, 24 and 25. But Romans chapter 4, I think verse 3, 4, 5, it talks about something very much more interesting. It talks about, I think verse 5, God will be just and the justifier. Read it. But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. Ha! Believes on who? Him ungodly. Think about it. Why would you justify an ungodly person? Why would God justify an ungodly person? He didn't say justify people. He said justifies the ungodly. Think about it. Why would God justify an ungodly person? On what grounds will he say that the one who has been brought to court and is owing so much debt, who is supposed to be thrown into prison, on what ground will God say, no, no, don't throw him into prison, let him go? So who is going to take care of the debt? The debt. Chapter 3, verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Go ahead. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood uh -huh. through faith to demonstrate his righteousness uh -huh. because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Hey, I like that one. He has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Say previous sins. Previous it's sins. nice to know that God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Yes! The devil gets mad at it. How? How can you let this bad boy, the things he has done? Well, he's now in Christ, so I've passed over the sins that were previously committed. Oh! God will pass over the sins that were previously committed. Hey! Can you imagine if God doesn't pass over sins that you have previously committed? <laughs> like some of you choke right now because an angel will strike your head with something. <laughs> There's no reason why you should come to church and feel free and be laughing when the sins you have previously committed are still against you. But the reason why we can come to church, someone who used to be a fornicator like you, someone who used to be a pornographer like you, someone who used to, I, mean, I say used to, someone who used to be a thief like you, someone who used to be a bitter person like you, someone who used to be a criminal, drug addict, or drug dealer, pusher, pusher, he's a push drug dealer, push, drug pusher like you, someone who used to be like you. Well, how can you come to church and say, ooh, show your fire? And then your ex drug pushers see you. They say, but this one too is in church. Huh? What they don't know is the sins that you previously committed. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The sins that you previously committed. Thank God, God doesn't use previous sins. It doesn't, so you don't have any business holding somebody's previous sins against them when the person is in Christ. So when your ex shows up in church, remember, God doesn't hold people's previous sins against them. Is somebody learning something? When you are in Christ, you turn against sin. You hate sin. But previously committed, read it. Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time hmm. his righteousness, wow. that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And imagine. Wow. So he, 
This is so loaded. Read it again. From verse 26. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might... What is 25? 25. Whom God set 24. Forth, 24. I want to take my time to explain it. Let's being, go. Being justified freely by... Do you know what grace. it means to be justified? It's like God, God said, you don't have a problem. I don't have a problem here. Just as if you have never seen. He looks at you and says, mm, just as if you have never seen. You are the one. You are wondering, but I used to sin. I say, yeah, I'm dealing with you, Jesus. To be justified actually means God, a judge, sits on his just seat of justice, judgment seat. And then they bring you a criminal. And then because you put your faith in Jesus, he declares, you are righteous. No, it doesn't mean you actually inherently are righteous. It's a declaration from God. So that's why you are born again, but still your sinful tendencies have not left. So it's like a conundrum or an oxymoron. God is declaring you righteous, but you in yourself, you still have sinful tendencies. But God said righteous. So you, God declared you righteous when he said, I give my life to Jesus and you were genuine. He declared you righteous. However, you go back home and some of you, since you got born again, you went back again. <laughs> yeah, you are born again, but you've been back again. You know what I mean? Every now and then you've been back again and again and again and again. And you are genuinely born again. So how do you reconcile the two? It's like God has declared you righteous. Doesn't mean because you are righteous inside. He just declared you because you put your faith in somebody. And that person's righteousness covers you. So he treats you as though you are that person. But please, you and yourself, ah, 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 you haven't finished. So now you have to begin to... Follow him so that who you originally are begins to conform to who he is. So it takes, that's where discipleship program takes. So all your life you are growing to become like Christ. But God is already treating you like Christ even though you are not. So all your life you are growing to become like Christ. Like when Lazarus came out from the dead. Four days he was thinking. He came. He was thinking. But he's still alive. You are alive but you still stink. Do you understand that? You, are not, you have the life of God, but hey, hey, hey. Sometimes the feelings you have and the things that come to your mind is just like when you were an unbeliever. Yes. God declares you righteous. Now let's go back to this. Do you know I've not preached my message? Wow. <laughs> I've not preached my message. I'm just helping someone to be a Christian. Being a Christian is not so much. No, no, no. Being a Christian is someone whose heart is for Christ and understand what you are doing. Do you understand what you are in? Someone who doesn't understand Christianity can't just come and be talking to you anyhow because he thinks he's intelligent. He's very eloquent. They know how to talk. No, no. When they are talking, you can tell that this guy is very ignorant. He doesn't have a clue about what Christianity is about, but he thinks he does. <laughs> Back to Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Okay, so now I know what it means to be justified. You, you were justified, you didn't pay anything. Freely. Freely. How? By his grace. Spanish, how do you say? Well, it's nice. Para gracia. I like gracia. Okay, so being freely justified, how? Para gracia. You didn't pay anything. He said, I'll pay it. Go ahead. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ ah, Jesus. Being justified freely 
by his grace through the redemption. So the redemption has to come so that grace can be effective. So Christ has to die on the cross to redeem us. So his redemption, on the redemption happened on the cross for our sake. So that grace can reach out to us. And when grace comes, God then by his grace can justify you freely. Read it again. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Ah, where is the redemption? Where is the redemption? So when they tell you that, oh, Jesus is not, it's just the God. That's why a lot of people said, pray in the name of God, but don't say Jesus. Excuse me. Redemption is in Christ Jesus. Redemption is in Christ Jesus. We get our freedom in Christ Jesus. Continue. 25. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Oh, uh, this is another one. But the blood has appeared. Okay. The cost of love is blood. God. Come. Read it. Who? Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through come. faith. To demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over wait, the sins. Wait, wait, wait. Um, let's say this is very precious pen it belongs to him and I smash it he said why have you any compensation you have to repair it and then I give him a whole phone as compensation so you know when a child is crying because it's, it's, um, the milk or something is spilled and, and you get another one for him what happens to the child <sighs> it's like someone hurt you does something so bad and the person comes to you and says, please, whatever I'll do, I'll do to make it, this is, this is five, uh, five, um, 50,000 pounds. Yes, I'm sorry I spot your card. This, that's what insurance does, isn't it? Yeah. And you are, that's called propitiated. It, that means you have been propitiated. You have been satisfied. So that word propitiation means to appease. It's okay. It's okay. Take this and be satisfied. Now, read it again. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Okay, so now, talking about Jesus, it says that whom we have redemption in Christ Jesus, right? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, God set Jesus forth to be the propitiation. So that's the one who has been offended, that's God. God set Jesus forth to the propitiation. Read it again. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Oh, this is so important. God set Jesus forth as a propitiation. So, when you sin, you know when God is righteous, you see, holy God must be angry with sin, right? Yes. A holy God shouldn't like sin. So, when you sin, you really upset God. <sighs> so, God is angry with a lot of people. We're also going around telling them God loves you. Why do you think a lot of people say, no, 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 I don't do God, I don't do God, I don't, I don't, I don't like. Some of them, they don't want to have anything to do with church. You are so proud, but why are you so animated about church? Because they are running away from God. Because they know God is, they know they are sinners. Somebody tells you, I don't believe in God. What are you going to do about your sin? Wow. Well, I don't have sin. You? <laughs> I don't believe it. Not believing it is one thing. It's different from not having it. Somebody can have coronavirus positive. Say, no, me. I don't have it. Oh. I don't have it because I'm not confident. They say you have it. It's a test. <laughs> I don't believe I have it. It doesn't change the fact. Yeah. 
So the fact that someone says, I don't believe in sin and I'm a sinner, doesn't mean he's not one. But God said Jesus Christ for, to us propitiation. That, what does it mean for him to be a propitiation? Appeasement. It's like, ah, I've seen Jesus. When God sees Jesus, he says, ah, okay, I'm fine. My anger against sin. Because, so can you imagine, God is so angry with you for your sin. And then, let's say, this is covering Jesus. And then you are, you are God. He's coming to God. But you come in the name of Jesus. See? So, when you come in the name of Jesus, then God smiles and it's like he wants to give you a hug. I try to give him, but don't give him a hug. Hey. <laughs> you understand that? So, that is the propitiation. God set Jesus for to be propitiation. So that when you are coming to God in the name of Jesus, what you only get from God is smile. He looks at you and says, that's my girl. Oh, look at you. What can I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Talk to me, talk to me, girl. Hey, you? But you are going in the name of Jesus. But for that to happen, I know you haven't seen something in the same text. Read it again. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Ah! See, the means was the blood. So if Jesus had not shed his blood, none of us could have been, could have had any propitiation. So for Jesus to be a valid propitiation before God, he must shed his blood. Thank you, please be seated. Clap for them. So what made Jesus a propitiation by his blood? And there is redemption in his blood. So his redemption came from his blood. What does it mean to be redeemed? It means that, God, you have been taken back from where you were in a bad state, a state where um, it's, well, it's, not, it's not a best state, but you have been brought back into a better state, okay, or original state where you're supposed to be. So God set Jesus forth to be what? Propitiation through his blood now. Why is blood? Because I told you, the wages of sin is dead. So if you sin, you have to die. And the death, the life is in your blood. So if you give your blood, that means you've given your life. So someone had to give his life so that we can keep our lives. And he just didn't give his life for us to keep our lives. He gave his life so that God can be pleased through his suffering. Is it too complex for somebody? Are you sure you are following what I'm saying? So now, that means the blood is important. So what God wanted from Jesus, besides the suffering, was blood. Uh -huh. So let's read some scriptures very quickly. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 7, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, Revelation 1, 5, rather. And then um, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1. Yeah, you can read it too. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts mm. and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Wow. So it said you shall take some of the blood of the lamb that you kill and put it on the two lintel uh, of the doorposts. Okay where you eat it. So they needed, God told them, I need the blood to be on your forehead or the house where you are in. 
A house without blood is not a redeemed house. That's why we are the house of God. Um, someone else, where you are? Where are you? Revelations 1 5 or something. Yeah, read it. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Did you see that? What did he do uh, to us from our sins? He washed us with, from our sins. How? With his own blood. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says that they overcame by the, 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 the blood of the lamb. So you, you, I'm trying to show you how the blood was necessary. Blood was necessary. But your blood can't do anything. His blood is holy blood. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 it talks about how we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Somebody read it. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish. So a lamb without blemish, it doesn't have fault. Pure blood has been used to redeem us from our sins. What else did I say? What scripture? Hebrews 9, 14. Read it. Oh. How much more shall the blood of Jesus? How much more shall the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works? The blood of Jesus can cleanse your conscience from dead works. So how much more? How much more shall the blood of did you see what cleanses you? The blood of Jesus. People don't understand when we talk about the blood of Jesus. It's a powerful thing. Verse 22. Verse 22, and according to the law, almost according to what the law, no parliament here, the law of not British law, the, the law of God, God's law, according to the law of God, what almost all things are purified with the blood, almost all things are purified with the blood. So, for you to be purified, we need blood, but a blood that must be higher than you. How can you use dirty wash or water to wash your white clothes? How can you use water that is dirtier than the clothes you want to wash, to wash the clothes? And so for blood to cleanse you, the blood must be purer than your blood. So you can't use goat blood, cow blood. You can't use uh, any animal blood because human beings are higher than, not even a lion or elephant. The blood is not pure enough because you are higher than animals. So then we need something that is higher than human beings. But on this earth, what is higher than human beings? Nothing is higher than human beings. Unless angels, when you talk about the creation of God, it's the angels that are higher. But unfortunately, angels don't have blood. So wow, that's a problem. But God said, no problem. God said, okay, me, myself, I'm going to come in the name of my son, Jesus. And I'll live a pure life. So Jesus is not just man. He's also God. So it's like the blood of God. What? God has got blood, yes. The only way God can have blood is when he becomes a human being. Because spirits don't have blood. Do you know that? God is a spirit. John 4, 24, you don't have to read it. It says God is a spirit. So spirits don't have blood. But God needs blood to be able to cleanse us. So by his own blood. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, he said, Take it to yourself and to the flock of God, over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer, to shepherd the flock of God, which is purchased with his... Ah! God purchased the church with his blood. Ah! So God had blood? Where did he get it from? Ah, do you understand what I'm saying? Where did God get it from? Where did God get it from? 
Because he became a human being. Okay, being a human being, you have blood, but the blood must be come out. So how do you get the blood to come out? Huh? Kill. People have dead, died and their blood didn't come out. Huh? What did you say? Their skin is pissed. Huh? What did you say? Their skin is pissed. Say pierce. Yes. Until you pierce someone, you can't have the blood. And so Jesus on the cross in John chapter 19 verse 34, Bible said they took a sword and they <laughs> Hallelujah! I got to do this quickly. They pierced him on the side because he said I was thirsty. And then they, no, he didn't say I was thirsty. They said it, they don't have the sinners don't have to sorry criminals don't have to hang on the dead bodies don't have to hang on the cross and it's about they killed them before so the soldiers came normally they break their legs so that they can't stand and then they will suffocate and die so they're about to break their leg and they saw that no he was dead so okay let's be sure he's dead they pierce him quickly someone John chapter 14 sorry chapter 19 verse 34 John chapter 19 verse 34 but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear he did what and then what happened? And immediately, blood, immediately. blood and water came what out. What came out? Blood and water. The blood came out for our redemption. Two aspects of the death of Christ. We have the negative aspect and the positive aspect. The negative aspect is to pay for our blood. Positive aspect is to release his life for the building of the church. Shout hallelujah. So on the cross, he needed to let the blood flow. But the blood could only flow when he was pierced. They pierced him. The soldiers pierced him on the side and the blood was flowing. They thought they were killing him, but he was paying for our sins. He was paying for our sins. He was paying for our sins. Shout hallelujah. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Verse 37. Verse 37. Verse 37. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him who they pierced. They shall look on, there's a scripture that says he will be pierced. They shall look on him whom they, Revelation chapter 1 verse, verse 7, quickly. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Katabashahaya. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. Oh, so he was pierced. Those who pierced him, they will see. They will see that he's coming. They will see that he's coming. They will see that he's coming. And you know what? I wanted to tell you something, but I talked too much in the beginning, but it's all good. In, in Psalm 22, it's called the Messianic Psalm. In Psalm 22, that's why he says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? This, the, David spoke about Jesus, the cross, before he, was, he showed up. And when you look at Psalm 22, verse 2, what does it say? Psalm 22, verse 2. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you don't, do not hear. And in the night season, I am Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3, but you are holy, enthroned in the presence of God. What does the verse 1 say? My God, my God, yeah, that's right. my why God, have you forsaken why have you, This is what Jesus said on the cross. And now look at verse 16, you'll be shocked. Verse 16, for dogs have surrounded me, and the congregation of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. They pierced where? Why did they have to pierce him? For, because God needed, the blood must flow. The blood must flow. The blood must flow. So when we talk about the cross, we are talking about the pierced body of Christ. And when they pierce him, the blood flowed. And when the blood flowed, our justification. When the blood flowed, we were justified. When the blood flowed, it was propitiation for God. Oh, hallelujah. You remember propitiation? God was propitiated by the flow of his blood. Shout hallelujah. Sit down, have finished because what's my title today the cost of love the cost of love in in, uh, in Zechariah last but one book in the Old Testament Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 
Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 reads, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Mm -hmm. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Then they will look on me who they pierced. Jesus is the one, he's called the pierced one. Chapter 13 verse 6. Chapter 13 verse 6. Why did he have to pierce Why did he have to go through this? Why did he have to go through this? Chapter 13 verse 6 says that. You were the one who pierced him. Me? Yes, you. You, because he loved you. And he wanted you to be at peace with God. God to be at peace with you. To, to, to reconcile you to God by his blood. So he had to allow them to pierce him. But they pierced him. But so long as he's concerned, you. The ones he loved, you pierced him. Those who love me pierced me. That's why you can't be born again and go back into sin. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 6. And one will say to him, what are these wounds between your arms? What are these wounds between your arms? And what will you say? Then he will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. My friends. This is the wounds that I was wounded in the house of my friends, the people I love. Uh -huh. Somebody else, uh, um, read a different uh, uh, translation. Zechariah chapter yeah, 13 verse 6. Mm -hmm. NIV. Okay. If, if someone asks, what are these wounds on your body? They will answer, the wounds I was given at the house of my friends. At the, the wounds I was given where? At the house of my friends. Where? At the house of my friends. The wounds I was given at the house of my friends. All right, let's use a different translation again. Amplified. And one shall say to him, what are these wounds on your breast and between your hands? And he will answer, those of which I was wounded when disciplined in the house of my loving friends. Uh -huh. See, my, some translation, uh, is that amplified? Yes. How about English Standard Version or any Americans that some translations say my friends, but it's in the house of my lovers. Now here it said my loving friends. They pierce me. I was wounded because of the people I love. Read it from the version, the different version. New uh, English and our version, have you seen it? Yes. And one of them asks, what are these wounds on your back? And he will say, the wounds I've received in the house of my friends. Okay, my friends. New American Standard Version, yeah. And someone will say to him, what are these wounds between your arms? Then he will say, those who love me, I was wounded that the at the house of my friends. So those who love me, the, the wounds are because of love. You needed the wounds to have the blood. And what made the blood come was the piercing. They wounded me. I loved them. But I needed to shed my blood. That's why it came. The blood of Jesus. It's a powerful blood. By the blood we are justified. Freely, freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in, the, in Christ, who was set forth by God as propitiation for our sins through his blood, that God will justify those who put their faith in Christ and still be just. So it's like you are not so clean thoroughly, but because you are in Christ, God said, correct. And yet he hasn't done anything wrong. Why? Because blood has been shed for you. His love made him stay on the cross. 
They said, if you are, if you are the king of you, if you are the son of God, if you are the come down from the cross, they won't believe you. He said, no. I will stay on the cross because of my friends. They pierce him. Ow! Ow! His ow was just out of love. It's you. The sins you committed, some of you, you know. And today, he is not counting your previous sins against you. On what grounds? On the grounds of the pierced body of Christ. Shout, thank you, Jesus! That, that is the Christian message. That's the Christian That's the foundation of Christian message. So when you are born again, it's not because of something good you have done, but it's because you put your faith and your trust and your confidence in the one who was pierced for you. So God counts your sins against him on the cross. And he counts his righteousness, accounts it to you, inputs. So when you go to God, it's like you already have been doing good, good, good. Yeah, you are not saved by what you do. You are saved by what he did. His works is what saved us, not our works. That's the Christian message. That's why we have Easter. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.